are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, of course. And today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone and become our 80th patron. But on today's show, the Mariners have been leaked to uh, Pirates outfielder Brian Reynolds uh, once again. And we'll talk about the viability of a deal and if Pittsburgh could be swayed on its initial asking price of Julio Rodriguez. Also going to talk about the potential pitfalls of signing Chris Bryant. And finally, Colby's got some names he wants to go over who he thinks could compete for the number five spot in the Mariners rotation. So if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So starting with Brian Reynolds here, John Morosi today saying that the Mariners and the Yankees are among the teams that are interested in Brian Reynolds young outfielder for the Pirates who still has three years left of club control coming off a five and a half F war season. Colby, first of all, do you think it's possible to get Brian Reynolds without including Julio Rodriguez? Um, Well, what you're really asking me is, do I think that the Pirates will be uh, realistic? No, I I don't. Um, And I get it. You know, Reynolds has, I think, three years of club control left might be four. Um, he's a very young player. He's already a star. He's been a six, one player a couple times now. Uh, he's still in his twenties. And, and so there's, there's a lot of reason to, to say, well, we want Julio Rodriguez, but there's just as many reasons, if not more reasons for the Mariners to say, uh, no. So do I think they can do it? Yeah, I think they could, but I just don't think it's likely. I think what's most likely to happen is, uh, Brian Reynolds stays in in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it's interesting. They, he mentioned the Yankees are also a suitor, uh, which makes sense. The Yankees need a center fielder too. Uh, but if the Mariners or if the if the Mariners have to ha- give up Julio, are the are the uh, Pirates asking for Jason Dominguez from the from the Yankees? Like, mm-hmm. I. I here's the, I I would comfortably trade uh, Jared Kelnick for for Brian Reynolds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically, I trade any package of prospects that doesn't include Julio or Kirby for for Brian Reynolds. Um, but I just don't think that's going to work. So uh, I'm sure Seattle will continue to check in, but unless the asking price goes down, unless we hear you know, something about the lines of you know, well, in July they were asking for Julio Rodriguez, but now it appears that they're willing to take you know, less or whatever uh, until we see that. I just, I'm going to assume that Reynolds is going to stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Same. Uh, the, the thing with Kelnick there that I agree with you on is I, I would trade him as well for Reynolds because ultimately you're, and we've said this before, you're hoping that Reynolds or that Kelnick eventually becomes what Reynolds already is. That's an established big league center fielder um, who is a, 
absolute star in this league at this yep. point. And so um, that's fine. But the problem is you're going to have to add more on top of that. Even with Julio, with them asking for Julio, it's not just going to be Julio for Brian Reynolds straight up. That's not what they're going to ask for. So you're going right. to have to factor in more. It's kind of the situation that we talked about with other teams that are kind of on the lower end of things here um, that are going to out- overvalue the few major league assets that they have because they have leverage, especially in right. center field. There, We talked about it yesterday that the market is just not great, both trade market and free agent market for center fielders. So now there's a premium placed on that which there's already a premium on center field in general, just like there is on catcher, just like there is on starting pitching. So I, you brought up a good point here. Are the Yankees also getting asked for Jason Dominguez? Because if they're not, then there's no way that you need to be talking Julio Rodriguez. If you were, let's say, competing directly for, with the Yankees for the services of Brian Reynolds, then if they're not, if the Pirates don't want Dominguez, they shouldn't be asking for Julio because Julio is the better prospect. There is uh, an argument to be made that, that you know, trading Julio while it stings um, for Brian Reynolds, um, like you could, you could rationalize it. You could justify it. Um, sure. Because as much as we love Julio, it's still a big risk. Uh, it, it absolutely is a big risk. Um because you know you know what Reynolds is. We don't know what Julio is. We think he's going to be very good, but we don't know. So you can absolutely justify yeah. it. Um, like I said, it's it's a justifiable asking price. If you're the Pirates, it's totally reasonable for the Mariners to say no to that. Um, but if it, if it came across the ticker, you know, it's it, it's tough to swallow, but it's does make your major league team better because there's basically no shot Julio is is better this year than Brian Reynolds. And even really next year would seem to be a stretch. Um, right. Yeah. But is it worth finding out? Is Are there options that are out there that are obviously not as good, but allow you to keep Julio? And, and I think there are, um, including just kind of throwing a bunch of different guys out at center field. Um, your Lewis's, mm-hmm. your Kelnicks, your maybe even Julio at some point. Um, and maybe Mark Hanna, maybe say a Suzuki, whoever, um, just kind of rotating that spot through and keeping mm-hmm. Julio and, and, and seeing what it is because there's going to be another Brian Reynolds um, available mm-hmm. at some point. And so yep. do you want to put all your eggs into in, this basket, the Brian Reynolds basket? Not all of your eggs, but a fair number, mm-hmm. your biggest egg into this one basket? Yeah. Probably not. And also when you still need starting pitching, when mm-hmm. there's catcher, still other second base, third needs. base. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, we know that one guy that they really like, Byron Buxton, is going to be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. So do you just want to wait for a year and try to patch it together here with, you know, Mark Canna, say Suzuki, Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick, Jake Fraley, whatever? Then so be it. I think that's more than fine for the team that you want to build. And you can still build a really, really good team. We talked about this yesterday with, you know, after Jerry DePoto's comments about the center field position in general. So uh, you can still upgrade that position and not have to spin an arm and a leg to do it. Um, 
and yeah. you got to be creative. And there's, you know, really very few general managers out there that get more creative than Jerry Depoto does. So we'll see how that all comes together. We're going to talk about another player that is apparently in the Mariners crosshairs that also you know, would be exciting, but also has some concerning things tied to him as well. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate it. So, Chloe, today you uh, stumbled across a uh, video from MLB Network uh, that covered Chris Bryant and some concerning things about the free agent third baseman who might be of interest to the Mariners this offseason. So break down what those were and how the Mariners might need to be a little bit cautious here in approaching Bryant this offseason. Yeah, so um, Andrew uh, Baggerly, who covers the Giants, um, I believe, uh, for MLB.com, uh, he was on the MLB network and uh, he made a, a comment that uh, he did not expect Chris Bryant to come to be back in uh, to be back in San Francisco. Uh, he is um, apparently the Giants were, were not very impressed uh, with Chris Bryant, particularly with his defense. Um, and they also are concerned that the swing may not age well. I, I don't really know what that means, um, but you know, Bagger, Baggerly would know. He's covered the Giants for, I think, fifteen years now, sixteen years. So uh, he's very well connected uh, to that organization. Uh, he would know. And if he's saying that it's unlikely that Brian's coming back, and the Giants just weren't impressed with that, I would go ahead and 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 take that as a uh, as a. Uh, not not quite a fact, but I, I would go ahead and trust that, uh, trust that mm-hmm. opinion. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, yeah, sounds like Chris Bryant or one of the biggest uh, competitors, at least most people thought, uh, for Chris Bryant's services are not actually all that interested in him. I'm concerned about giving Bryant a rather large deal this offseason because you mentioned it there, the defense. You know, the one thing that I see a lot on Twitter, especially Mariners Twitter, when talking about Bryant and folks who want the Mariners to add Bryant this offseason is, well, he's versatile. He can play in the outfield and he can play third base. Well, he can't really play either of those positions particularly well or particularly above average. And then you think about how he's starting to get older. He's going to be 30 uh, this season. He turns 30 in January. And as he ages more and that defense continues to regress, are you eventually going to be paying for a first base DH type? Because you don't want to do that. These were the issues that you dealt with 
lot of guys that are just mostly first base DH types or guys that really are below average at the positions that they play for the sake of their bat. And also if there's concerns about the bat as well, and the giants are a very smart organization. I just, that scares me a little bit. And when there's numbers being thrown out, like five year, six year deals with Bryant, I don't know if I want to go down that road where I'm stuck with Chris Bryant at age 34, age 35, age 36, and all he can really do for me is DH or play first base. It just doesn't really help me. And I just, you know, and, and Jerry DePoto is someone that very much focuses on the five-year plan, as most GMs should do. You know, it's not just about this year. Even when they talk about this year, it's still like we got to make sure that we don't handcuff ourselves down the road. Well, Especially- well, what what year do you think matters to Jerry Depoto more right now? 2022 or 2026? 2023, probably. <laughs> but right. And this year, are we course. are we assuming that Bryant's just going to fall off of a cliff this year and next year? Because I'm no, not but do you want to get to a point where you're owing a guy $25 million a year for three years and he's not at all the value that you paid him for? I think I just I think that's especially think that's when it stretch. gets to the point where you're get, where you might have to pay Jared Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez or some of those guys. Well, if you sign Chris Bryant to a five year deal, you're not going to have to you still have a whole other year with with Kelnick and probably two with Julio um, mm-hmm. before they hit free agency. So that's not going to be an issue. Um, the thing with Brian is, look, I, I don't love the fit. I know a lot of people really love him, but I, my, my thing with Chris Brian has always been that he's never been able to really repeat his 2015 and 2016 seasons, which were, uh, in 2017, those first three years, he was, he was fantastic. Uh, 5.3 B war, 7.3, 5.7. Um, he was electric. He was, you know, almost dropped 40 bombs one year. And he was still a pretty good defender, won Rookie of the Year in 2015, won the MVP in 2016, 288, 388, 527. He hasn't repeated that. He hasn't been nearly as good. Um, there are some, some, you know, there were some strikeout concerns earlier in his career. That's one of the things he actually has cleaned up. Um, but even though he hasn't been able to repeat those numbers, 268, 363, 479, I mean, that's basically what you think – what some Mariner fans think Mitch Haniger is. That's like 2018 Mitch Haniger. He's a good player. Um, so to me, I look at this and I go, well, look, how important are 22 and 23 and probably 24? They're pretty important. Um, so am I willing to take the shot that, you know, maybe he can be a, a passable left fielder or third baseman, uh, you know, three years down the road? Sure, because the bat is still really good. Um, it's it's not early Chris Bryant good, but it's still it, really it's, good. It, just the problem for me, though, is like, is Chris Bryant really the guy you want to take that shot on? Because you might only have one shot at giving out a superstar level contract. That's not true. We I don't, don't consider that. We don't know I that. Don't, I don't consider giving anybody $160 million, hypothetically, right? We're using the, the trade rumors contract. Sure. I don't consider that a superstar contract. So what Patrick, that's what Patrick Corbin got. That's what you Darvish got. Those guys aren't superstars. So I don't, I don't consider those superstar contracts. And we're talking about 28 million AAV or whatever, 27 million AAV. 
you can have you you can take another shot on a guy like that. I'm not I'm not concerned about that. Well, you can, all. but will the Mariners actually do that? Why wouldn't they? They have a young, controllable team. They're paying one guy a big salary this year. If it's Bryant, come on, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Money are is you, not though? gonna be an issue. I mean, we, yes, you are. What, you are. What makes you trust you John 100% Stanton are. to be willing to make that kind of commitment? Because he's on done it in the past. Guys. Because he's done it in the past. He didn't give so, that money out, though. He didn't give that money. He no. inherited it. Did Did he force Jerry Depoto to trade Robinson Cano for whatever he can get? Did he force him to trade Felix Hernandez for whatever he could get? Did he force him to trade Kyle Seager I mean, they for whatever trade he could get? Felix Hernandez. It doesn't matter. They, they could have. They could have gotten something for him. Not nothing good, but they could have saved mm. a couple million bucks. Did he do it? Did he force Jerry's hand on those things? No, he paid them out. He paid their salaries out. Jerry really hasn't had to make a, a dump trade, a salary dump trade. Mark Trumbo. Not under John Stanton. So, yeah, he hasn't really had to make a salary dump trade. Uh, you know, the close Jay Bruce, fine, but were they really going to get more for Jay Bruce than Jake Shiner if they had eaten all that contract? No. It's, I mean, even Edwin Encarnacion, they didn't have to dump salary. They got a legitimate prospect back for him. So I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's reasonable to sit here and say that, well, because Chris Bryant might struggle in 2024, it's not worth having him in 22 and 23. There, every, every deal you make is a gamble. Every deal is a risk. And especially in free agency, you bring up his age. This is why when you and I talk about to people and they say, well, why do why would you trade for a guy? Just go spend money. Just go spend money. This is why. Because when guys hit 30, they hit that around that age, right? Things start to decline. When you trade for a player, you're typically trading for a guy who's already through either most of or part of his contract. Or you're trading for a guy who's young and still arbitration, you know, still in arbitration, so he's cheap. That's why trading is important. So when people are always when and you and I got asked this a lot, particularly on our live streams on Friday, is mm-hmm. why trade? Why would you trade Emerson Hancock when you just go spend the money? Because the guy I want to get has two years of club control left and is twenty eight, as opposed to spend. And I only have to pay him twenty five million dollars over the next two years, as opposed to going out and spending one hundred and sixty million dollars on Chris Bryant and keeping Emerson Hancock. Trades are important, guys, even when you have the money. Yeah. And Chris Bryant's a good example of why. Because there are question marks here. There are. I'm willing to take the risk on it. Now, here's the deal, though. And I, I say this as somebody who's basically been playing devil's advocate for the last five minutes. I would rather bet on Marcus Simeon. <laughs> like, hard. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather no, bet I, on Marcus I, Simeon. I, I'm very comfortable in saying that Chris Bryant of the, like, the really good you know, the top of the free agent class is pretty low on my list. I would rather have Simeon. I would rather have uh, Trevor Story. Whoa, I would not. On a on a shorter term deal. Oh, I thought we were talking same money. Which I think is realistic. Which I think I think is pretty re- realistic that you could get Trevor Story on a shorter term deal than Chris Bryant. I'd rather have Chris Bryant for 22 and 23. Um, but then after that, who knows? So... Uh, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just what Brian like. All right. If the Mariners sign him. Great. Cool. I'm not disappointed in that, but I would rather have Marcus Simeon. I would rather have a couple of other guys as right, well. Right. But you might not get that choice. I might not get that choice. 
and that's right. fine. It's just so I do have concerns. Walk that, my excitement, so, though, doesn't eliminate those concerns. No, but you're not going to walk away from Chris Bryant because somebody said, oh, well, his swing might get bad in four years. Like, and that's the other thing, too, is like, oh, the swing's not going to age well. Well, <laughs> is it going to be fine at age 30, 31, 32? Probably. Right. Because statistically speaking, he should still be in his physical prime. Maybe he's not. But it's just, it's funny. I mean, we talk like, oh, Chris Bryant, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude was a 3-1 player last year. And that's based mostly on offense. So, I mean, mm. you do have the DH available He's to you. Chris Bryant's, Chris yeah, Bryant's never had the DH. Yeah, so, don't get me wrong here. I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it or they should avoid it because of those concerns. But there, you have to assume that risk. I'm wondering, honestly. Sure, it's you have in. to assume that risk that at the at the back end of the deal that's going to become kind of a headache for you. Sure, but I mean you could say that about anybody who's sure. you know in free agency. That's sure. again that is the problem with free agency, is that there's a strong chance that in the back half of that deal, you're gonna you're gonna hurt you you're gonna want to move that contract and maybe you can. I mean mega contracts aren't as hard to to move as some people think. We see it happen mm-hmm. pretty frequently. I mean you have to eat some money, but Giancarlo Stanton was traded. Robinson Cano was traded. Like, mm. you know, Max Scherzer, I guess, towards the end, though, but he was traded. Like, you right. can trade big contracts. So it's, it, it, it's just, there's just some, there's just a gamble you're going to have to take on somebody. And if you don't want mm-hmm. it to be Chris Bryant, that's fine. But then who is it? Because you need to take that gamble on somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And, and, I think like if you have a legitimate shot at getting any of these guys, you should do it. You should absolutely do it. You should absolutely make that statement. Um, but again, you know, as a team, you cannot, I mean, you got to uh, assume that risk. You got to understand what you could potentially get, get yourself into here and feel comfortable with that and make peace with that. So, and ha- and make sure that you know that that's not going, that you're not going to let that, inhibit you from doing other things down the road like you have to get that out of the way and that's really what my concern is is ownership mostly even though it shouldn't it does concern me a little bit anyway we have to hop on over to our next segment where colby is going to talk about some uh, pitchers that could be added to the back end of the roster this offseason so yesterday we talked quite a bit about the rotation Jerry DePoto stating that the Mariners are going to add at least two starting pitchers this off season. And uh, we had some discussions on our show on control the zone on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone about the number five spot in the rotation and who could be in the mix there. We talked about Steven Matz, Tyler Anderson, Alex Cobb, a bunch of guys. So Colby, you have some other names though, that are kind of projects as you at least called them to me earlier uh, that you could see potentially coming to Seattle and competing for that number five spot in the rotation. So go ahead. Who's on your list. All right. So probably won't get to everybody today, but that's fine. Uh, So one of the names that, that jumps out to me a little bit here, uh, Michael Lorenzen uh, of the Reds, Mm -hmm. uh, high fastball spin rate, pretty good curveball. Um, gets a lot of strikeouts has had success in the, in the bolt reds bullpen 
it sounds like he wants to give starting a shot. Um, he thinks he can do that. And I think he can too. Um, he was pretty meh for the Reds this year, high ERA, but the XERA was better. Um, the, uh, the Wobo was below league average. The X Wobo was below league average. Um, you know, he just caught too much of the plate this year. It's, it's really not that, uh, there's really not much else to say about it. Uh, his barrel percentage is, is really low, a career 4.3% barrel percentage, which is about two and a half percent lower than league average. Um, mm-hmm. average exit velocity is low, uh, compared to the rest of the league, low launch angle too. There's a lot of stuff in his bad at ball data that would suggest that he can get through a lineup multiple times. It's just a matter of whether or not the stuff, if, he, if the stuff can get through the lineup a few times, the fastball is, is not going to be an issue. But again, mm-hmm. he's generated so many uh, strikeouts as a reliever. Um, if he can hold that velocity, uh, you know, a couple times through the rotation, it, it's it's definitely an interesting profile, and there's upside there. Um, and of course, because we always have to make the joke, his primary pitch in uh, in 2021, the cutter. So uh, um, there we go. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which 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 was a change, by the way. He is primarily fastball changeup. That's what mm-hmm. he's been in the past. The cutter was a bit of a, a difference, and it wasn't very good. So there's some pitch change uh, possibility there. But uh, yeah, fastball changeup, cutter, slider, uh, and a curveball that he throws every once in a while. But it's mostly fastball changeup, slider, and a cutter. And he can also play some mouthfeel for you. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has done that. So um, yeah, you look at his 2020 chart, it, there's a lot of dark red. Uh, you look at his 2019 chart, same thing. Uh, so it kind of looks like red is good for those that don't know. Right. Of course. Uh, the darker, the red, the better, the lighter, the blue that's, that's when you get into issues, but again, high fastball spin rate works the top of the zone throws hard. Um, I think this is a guy who, who could pop if given the right shot to start. And Seattle seems like a pretty good place for him to, to do that. And if he can't win the rotation spot, you got a flamethrowing right-hander to put in your bullpen. So I I like Mm. that idea. Yeah, probably probably get him on a one year deal. Yeah, I like Lorenzen a lot. All right, mm-hmm. who else? So uh, next up on the list, we have a the Mariners taking a shot on Chris Flexen two point uh, You guys probably remember him. His name is Nick Martinez. He uh, used to pitch <laughs> for the Rangers. Uh, went over to Japan. They needed, they needed and... him to beat the A's back in twenty fourteen. <laughs> he couldn't do it. Couldn't quite. He couldn't do it. Couldn't quite pull it off. Um, but he was absolutely sensational this year, uh, for, uh, for soft bank in the, in the Japanese league, a one, six, two ERA, uh, 149 innings pitched, um, not, not super high strikeout guy, uh, just 8.8 in Japan, but the fastball is up to 96. There's some pretty good breaking stuff here. Um, and he throws strikes, which is something he was able to do, um, fairly well in the majors but it's taken a step up his stuff has gotten better in japan and he's coming off his best year probably a one or two year deal probably not going to get much more than chris flexen money um but it's it's just a shot right and if if he Mm -hmm. if he can't win that rotation spot will 96 in a good slider play up in the bullpen yeah it will so i i would take a shot there because again it's probably i mean there's a decent chance nick martinez doesn't even come over because he might make more in japan because he's 31 years old 
Um, again, not the best track record in Major League Baseball, although not god-awful either. So uh, I kind of like taking the chance on another Chris Flexen type. Um, I, I would probably rather have Lorenzen uh, than Martinez, but that's just a name I would watch. We know how heavily Seattle uh, scouts the the uh, Asian leagues. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they they obviously they talked about having scouts out uh, to look at uh, Seiya Suzuki, and uh, I, I assume they probably scouted some other guys in some of the uh, other international leagues as well. And uh, Nick Martinez is is certainly a guy that's gotten quite a bit of uh, talk lately. So he he's probably going to land a deal somewhere. And uh, yeah, why not? After the success of Chris Flaxon, who knows? See what you got there. Um. All right. So one more guy before we hop off here. Hmm, which one do I want to choose? Um. Okay. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to choose the guy I really want. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Archer. Um. Yes, that Chris <laughs> Archer. Yes, yes, the guy that you were clamoring for for years. Not not maybe not you, Ty, but you, the listener, were clamoring yeah, for for hey, years. I, I, I like him. Yeah, it's been a rough road since he was traded um, from Tampa to Pittsburgh. He didn't pitch in 2020. He was injured, uh, barely threw in 2021, only got in 19 innings. Uh, Numbers aren't great, but what hasn't really wavered is his ability to get strikeouts. Um, Walk percentage was elevated in 2019 and 2021. There are some some, injury uh, rationale behind that. Uh, yeah. home run to fly ball rate pretty high. This is a guy who doesn't have great command. He throws strikes, but he is known to leave pitches up and in, in the middle of the zone. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the teams want to do. His fastball velocity was down in 2021. Again, obviously injury concerns there. Um, mm-hmm. But if he's healthy and if you can get him pitching like he was in Tampa, which are two big ifs, it's a, it's a number four, number three starter. And it's probably going to cost you a year and maybe 2 million bucks with some incentives. Uh, and again, if he doesn't win the job, I think he, I think his stuff can play up pretty well in the bullpen. Uh, 33 years old. I can't imagine he's going to get a multi-year deal from anybody. And there's a non-zero chance that he might take a minor league deal, but I, I would give him the major league deal. Um, and, and if it doesn't work and he just doesn't look good, you just DFA him and, and it's $2 million. It's, it's really nothing to worry about. So I like Chris Archer. Yeah. That would be uh, pretty fun, especially for the the fact that he's been one of those guys that has kind of always been theorized to be a Mariner eventually, you know, kind of in that same vein as Jay Bruce, if you remember. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Ty France was another one of those guys, and that worked out a lot better than Jay Bruce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quite a lot better. Um, by the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, someone that emailed us today. Uh, who uh, says they're uh, they're new to our podcast and really enjoy it, and uh, and they say so. Thanks from a Canadian Mariners fan. Hmm. For those of you that don't know, I'm also in the Canada area, up in the uh, Toronto area. So always appreciate to hear from uh, from some fellow Canadian friends. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners for Colby Patnode. I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow. On Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAN11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do every day. And we'll be back tomorrow with Fan Fiction Friday, one of our favorite shows to do every week. 
Uh, so be sure to send us your trade ideas on Twitter or via email at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and we'll be able to uh, read and grade those live on air. And in the meantime, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects. Host Arm Lighten is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And just like us, his show is free and available on all platforms. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.